Welcome to another episode of Heated Conversations. Excited to have another coach on our podcast, all the way to William and Mary, where we get to talk with head coach Kelsey Hinton as she talks about the program at William and Mary, talk about her own personal journey as a coach, and even what her values are and what she expects for her team, some of her goals, what she is looking forward to in the future at her program. Remember to subscribe, comments, and to share the post because we want to get this out to as many people as possible. So let's get to the podcast. Welcome, Kelsey. How are you? Hey, hey, doing well. Thanks for having me, Peterson. Thank you for joining the podcast today. How is preseason going so far for you guys and your team? Yeah, preseason's going great. Um, you know, the, the weather here in Williamsburg is, is a little crazy right now. So we, you know, we've gone to 79, then we're here at 58, we're here at 60. So, um, you know, I'm always pumped about the the highs, which is 79. But, um, you know, preseason's going great with the girls. Um, they are really gearing in. We've been locking in with full routines and um, team cohesion is is just amazing right now. You mentioned Williamsburg. Where, for those who may not know, where is Williamsburg? What state are you in? What region of the country are you? Yeah, well, we're in Virginia. Um, so we're we're East Coast. We're right around Bush Gardens. So right down the street from Bush Gardens. Um, if you've ever been there before, about an hour and a half away from King's Dominion, two hours away from D.C. Um, we got Virginia Beach right down the road, which is about an hour away. So and then Colonial Williamsburg is literally a step away from campus. And so we're we're in a pretty good location as far as like it being a touristy area. I think that's some of those things that are important, especially when you're looking into university, what things you may want to get into, especially yeah. with the college and what's surrounding things. What are some things that make William and Mary special regards to its location, its town? And you mentioned some of those things that you guys are close to, but what are some of those things that you can look forward to doing if you are a potential student athlete who looks into going to William and Mary? Yeah, so I would say Williamsburg is a very clean area. You have Newport News, which is right down the road as well. Um, so you have a little more city life in that sense. Um, but for the most part, Williamsburg is very clean, very, very cultured as far as it bringing in a little bit more of diversity. We got about 10,000 students, I believe. And that includes undergrad as well as graduate students. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things that really does make William and Mary special is, you know, we have that that low student uh, to teacher ratio. So we got, I believe it's about 13 to one. And so you're really going to to be able to to strive to be able to thrive um, here at William and Mary. You're going to get what you need as far as, um, you know, in the classroom. For some people are going to be a big deal. Some people want to go to a big school just because yeah. the environment and some people want that where they have a closer relationship potentially with their um with their professors so then they can get the help that they need and that they desire. Um, and out of that 10,000 um, students, how many athletes are on campus? So as far as athletes, we have about 500 athletes um, here in the athletic department. So that we have 23 sports, 500 athletes. Love it. And yeah. what, and what conference are you guys in and what division are y'all? Yeah, so the school's in the CAA, um, but for gymnastics, uh, we are in the GEC conference, which is the Gymnastics East Conference. Um, the school as a whole is a Division One school, um, and uh, eight head coaches kind of came together and decided to make an independent conference, um, which I'd mentioned before. Um, we got eight schools, so it's uh, we have four Ivy, so it's Penn, Cornell, Brown, 
and Yale. And then we also have Westchester, Bridgeport, and Southern Connecticut State. Um, and so again, you know, us eight head coaches kind of came together and created the GEC conference uh, last year. Very cool. And what are some of the academic things that are known, uh, that William and Mary are known for? What are, you know, some of the degrees that are are pretty well known in regards to what people go out in the field and they get, or, you know, yep. what companies are looking for and a lot of graduates are into. And then also what are some of the popular ones that are amongst your own athletes um, yeah. that you guys offer? Yeah. So um, we actually have a very, very good business school um, as well as a good law school. Um, I believe our law school was one of the first ones um, that was cre actually created. Um, and then the business school, I mean, gosh, one of our alum actually got married there. It's beautiful. Um, Thomas Jefferson was also here. And so again, just kind of going back to that history, we have a lot of history here. Um, but as far as my, my student athletes, we have a lot of kinesiology majors, um, but we have a few that are neuroscience, uh, business, international relationship relations. Um, and so one of the great things about William and Mary is that you have all the resources here that you need. Yeah. Yeah. And you will come out of, you know, your four years here with a job. Um, the majority of my student athletes, they they come out with a job their junior year. Um, and so senior year is just kind of like smooth sailing. And so I always just tell recruits or anyone that kind of comes on campus, you know, my goal is to to make sure that you are, um, you know, you'll have a job after school and I'm trying to get you out of your parents' house, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. No, yeah. and especially with the success rate, like you said, to get a job, because I think that's one of yes. the biggest worries um, for um, either people who are in school or people who are going to go into school is, are they going to land a job? Are they going to spend the money if it's if they um, don't get a scholarship for whatever reason, academically or athletically, um, mm -hmm. to spend the money to potentially be paying it off, doing something that they didn't get, they didn't uh, get their degree in? or even just um, a job in general, right? Because um, it seems like it's a competitive um, world out there right now. And um, especially with AI coming out and stuff like that is making things yeah. a little bit more competitive, right? And so yeah. being able to go to a university that has a community that supports, you know, that's connected to um, outside communities and companies like that. So then you're able to already start working once you graduate, right? Because those loans are not fun to be <laughs> sitting, you know, be sitting in the in the red. But um, if you have a job that can kind of get you progressing forward, I think that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, one of the things that I, I try to get my student athletes, my athletes to do um, on my team is to go study abroad. You know, that's that's really big here. Um, and, you know, they had that opportunity. I, I mentioned to them, you know, obviously, you know, we want you to be well-rounded. And so go study abroad first summer session, you know, get that out of the way. You come back and second summer session and, you know, wherever that may be, whether it be here at William & Mary at our uh, facility or, you know, if that's at home at your your home gym um, and, you know, you can kind of get back into gymnastic shape before you get to school. So but yeah. I, I always push. We had um one in Nepal. We had um, a few in South Africa. And so they've really they've really made some some good connections um, in those countries. So, yeah, no, that's good. What other support do you guys offer for your athletes? 
yeah. besides what you had mentioned post-graduation where you could um, almost guarantee a job. What are some other supports as a current student athlete will have at their disposal? Absolutely. So we have a sports psychologist, um, Dr. Deidre Connolly. Um, and actually, I just came out of her office. We're always talking to her. She's she's great. Um, but she will meet with our student athletes um, uh, on an individual basis or either on a team basis. Um, and she just kind of talks to all of the head coaches as well as the entire staff um, just about, you know, mental health, mental well-being, um, those types of things. And I, I can't I can't believe how much I've I've just learned from her um, over the years that I've been here. Um, and so you have that at your disposal. You also have the Cohen Career Center, um, and that is right across campus by the football stadium. And uh, they offer services, career building services, um, mock interviews. They have headshots available. Um, they will link you with alum across the board. They'll let you know what jobs those alum have, whether it be Google or or just anything, um, yeah. NASA, um, and they will link you to those alum to try to make sure that you are able to be in the right space to, to figure out what career path you want to, to go through. Um, we also have academic services um, here, which many schools do have, but they've also done a great job with um, being the liaison with our, our student athletes and their professors. So got a lot of support here. No, I love that. I love that. And I want to transition into talking about you and your personal journey. Who yeah. is Kelsey Hinton and what uh, built her up to become the head coach and of William and Mary? And let's go all the way back to your own personal uh, career as an athlete. When did yeah. that start? Uh, were you a gymnast? And if you were a gymnast, where were you? And if you weren't, what other sports did you do? Okay. Um, so I, I started gymnastics at age two. Um, we'll kind of go way, way back. Um, so yeah, so age two, I'm originally from Maryland. Um, I went to United Gymnastics in Ricerstown, Maryland, um, and uh, was the first level 10 there. So they kind of built their program up from, from that start. Um, ended up going to, got a full athletic scholarship to go to NC State. Um, so right in Raleigh, North Carolina, um, competed there for four years and um, had an amazing experience there. Um, and then ended up uh, after competing at NC State, I ended up staying in North Carolina for um, a few years. Well, from 2008 to 2015, um, and then got a call from William and Mary to be the assistant coach here. Um, and then um, about four years ago, ended up being the head coach. Um, so was asked to be the head coach after the previous head coach had retired. And honestly, my first year as a head coach, I, I had a baby as well. So <laughs> oh, it was wow. a lot a lot happening um, in that year, 2020. And then COVID came. And mm. so that was a very, that was a lot going on. So I currently have a, a three-year-old. Um, so she will be four in February. She's a leap year baby. Um, and so, um, so yeah, so here I am right now as my going into my fifth season as a, a head coach. And I'm just, I'm just really, really pumped, um, right now for my team. No, I love that. I love that. And when you got the opportunity to become the head coach, what were some of the emotions and the feelings that went through and also talk about what were some of the mentors that you had, um, as you transition into becoming a head coach? So I will tell you, I'll let you in on this. So 
there was a Valentine's Day card that my mom gave me and she always knew I wanted to be a head coach. And I was cleaning out my bedroom and everything, found this, found this Valentine's Day card from year, I mean, years ago, years ago. And it said, you know, you will be a head coach, pull that out. Um, and, you know, obviously became the head coach. I mean, the emotions were, were really high at that point. Um, I did know that the former head coach was going to be transitioning out um, and she was preparing me to become a head coach. Um, and so she, Mary Lewis, uh, was one of my, my mentors. Um, and I, I would say I would say there were a few others within the NCAA um, of gymnastics who were also mentors, just kind of here and there. Um, but yeah, so but for the most part, I would say that she was my mentor. Yeah. And what gets you excited about being a head coach? Like why do you like the position that you're at and what do you want to do with your position? Like, what is your mission in that position? Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, I, I really, really enjoy working with kids. And I know that these are, you know, my athletes are considered adults, um, but I do look at them as, as my own. And I want to make sure that they are proud of what they do every day, whether it be a bad practice or not. Um, I want to make sure that they are, they're set for life. And I also want to make sure that, you know, a lot of them are really far away from home. I mean, I got some California kids. And so, you know, I want to make sure that they can come to me as, you know, that, that person that they feel comfortable with. And, you know, obviously, you know, there are boundaries and everything within everything that we do, but I want to make sure that that I am that person or that second mom that they can kind of come to for any type of relief or, just if they're struggling with anything. Um, I have an open door policy, um, but also I just, I enjoy seeing the smiles on their faces. I enjoy seeing, you know, I enjoy seeing them struggle, but then get through their struggles. Um, and so it's just, it's a job that I enjoy doing and I'm very passionate about my position. And I take it very seriously in the sense that I wanna do well for my athletes. Yeah. And do you have any convictions in that regard just because of experiences you personally had or even just from people who did what your mission and goal is did for you as you grew up as an athlete? Yeah. So, you know, I I, I talk about my struggles um, within, you know, being a college athlete or, you know, just being a, a gymnast even a black gymnast, you know, at that, there weren't very many of us. Um, and so currently I don't have any black athletes on my, on my team and and that's okay, but I do let them in on the struggles that I had, I've had. And, um, you know, that sometimes the world is cruel, you know what I mean? And so I, I definitely am an open book and, um, we have those deep conversations. And I think, I think that's important to, to have in order to allow them to grow. Yeah, no, I think that's good, especially what you mentioned, because um, sometimes having diversity in, in in a head coaching position um, can bring a, a lot of different perspectives and it can bring a lot of uh, teaching opportunities, right? Because yes. one, not all the time will say me being black will have someone who may understand me if they haven't experienced some of the things that we've experienced. And if we're going to be honest, the history that we've known and been taught in America hasn't always been uh, fair to African-Americans or um, 
people of dark skin um, or minorities in general. And so Mm -hmm. being able to have that range where you can speak to um, people of different races, not only the minorities, but as you had mentioned, you you have at least no black people on your team, but you're able Mm -hmm. to understand, understand, you know, where you're living at, but also to speak not their language, but you could speak in a way where they can relate. Right. And I Mm -hmm. think that's the most important part. And that's why anybody really feels connected is because they can relate to them. Right. In some fashion. Absolutely. And and being able to say, Hey, because I could, if I'm going to be honest, I've had, you know, African-American girls on my team and I Mm -hmm. have to tell them sometimes like you have to act a certain way just because people are going to make assumptions about you Mm -hmm. just because that's what society has already said. Right. And you have to be aware about aware of those things, even though um, it's not always right or correct to do so. Right. Again, people are going to assume first before they ask any questions or do their own research. So you always have to be intentional with Mm -hmm. the way you're approaching things, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And show them that, hey, I am just like you. I just happen to be from a different place, just like anybody else. You know, you're from the East Coast. I'm from Haiti originally, but grew up in Minnesota. And just those things makes, makes us different, even if we're the same color. Those yep. things make us different and we can find commonalities. I think that's huge, but. Um, Absolutely. And they've been, honestly, my, my team has been nothing but supportive. We had a, uh, um, a meet against Fisk where we invited them to, to our, um, you know, our school. And we actually ended up having for the first time a back-to-back home meet. And so my athletes had to compete on like a Friday and then they had to compete on a Saturday. And so, but they were so supportive and just so for it because of how important it was to me to have Fisk at our, you know, at our um, university. And so um, my athletes are, they're, they're all for me. They're, they're, they're all in. So. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, is, you know, you had mentioned um, that some of the other schools that you have that are in the conference are Ivy league schools. And, you know, for talking about uh, not necessarily discrimination, but uh, assumptions um, that, you know, it's harder for African-American athletes to get into those types of schools or into into those types of programs mm-hmm. and being able to know that, you know, you can reach for the stars and get get to do um, the sport that you love right at a place that requires high academic standards. And you can mm-hmm. be of a, a minority race and be that example. Right. Um, which which I assume at William and Mary, you know, because uh, I know a lot of these East coast schools have high academic standards Mm -hmm. you know so to encourage the ones who um are able to get those uh, their their grades are doing well to go and reach for those you know and um as you mentioned being a division one school hey there's still opportunities out there for you to be able to be a division one athlete and at a highly respected academic school right Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes it just takes some, some outreach on, on our end as well, you know, um, because I get, I've gotten a few comments, um, from, you know, some parents or, you know, just other individuals, um, you know, with my name being Kelsey, um, they may not see me as on paper as black. Um, and so, you know, they kind of get here and they're like, Oh, I didn't know you were black. And I'm like, yeah, I'm black, (laughs) you know? So, um, and you know, they, they respect that it's it's nothing it's like no ill 
feelings or, or anything. Um, but they just didn't expect that. And yeah. so it honestly intrigues them a little bit more when they do know that, hey, you know, you have this black coach who um, may not have as diverse of a team as as she would like, but, you know, her team is for her. She's for her team. They're a cohesive family. Like it's it's this is this is one tribe, one family. And I know it may seem very cheesy, but, you know, that's what we that's our motto. One yeah. tribe, one family. So. No, I think that's really important. And also, you know, going all the way to Iowa State with Ashley Miles Grigg, yes. who's now um, the head coach at Iowa State, is in a similar situation, right, mm-hmm. where she's an African-American for, um, who went to Alabama, you know, who's a all-American there, a great athlete, and now uh, being able to um, take a program, you know, her first program as um, really coaching um, in the collegiate world um, and being a head coach and doing some of these similar things, you know, and being able to be the example, because I, I think a lot of people who really follow gymnastics, especially during the times that you were an athlete and she was an athlete, um, would know at least Ashley and what she could do, right? Mm-hmm. And even if you go to today's time where, you know, the Simone Biles, the Jordan Childs, you know, the Sunni Lees, where it seems like some of the minorities are the ones who've been on the biggest stage and been able to do some of the, um, who've won the gold medals, right, um, is inspiration, you know, and again, it, it's not about race, but it's about being able to create a space where other people may just assume, because again, sometimes people can't assume that certain um areas of life are designated for only certain people just because that's that has been the majority right Um, Right. and and creating a different narrative and creating a a place where hey you know my daughter um, and your daughter can can go out and say you know what I want to go to you know a, a certain program and and do well under any head coach, but if I have an opportunity to be under someone who can relate to me because they look like me, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it can be a bonus, which I think yeah, is great. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, let's try yeah. yeah, sorry. Very good. <laughs> and let's transition into your gymnastics program. Yeah. Um, so who are your staff and what is everybody's role on the staff in regards to who's in charge of recruiting and mm-hmm. coaching of responsibilities and what do they bring to the program in regards to personality yeah. and, you know, organize organizational skills and stuff like that? Yeah, definitely. So um, currently, like on the staff, um, we have obviously myself, and then we also have Brittany Emmons. Um, she's originally from Pensacola, Florida, um, but also had a, a stint at uh, at SEMO. Um, and so she is the current assistant coach, and she came in as soon as I was uh, pregnant and and had my baby. So she she actually jumped right in with um, taking on a lot of responsibilities that first year um, as assistant coach. Um, and her re- responsibilities include, so she is the vault coach as well as the bean coach. Um, and she also handles the recruiting. Um, we have a shared responsibility with recruiting, but uh, she is um, a little heavier with the recruiting process. Um, and then we also have uh, Alexis Crockett. Um, Alexis Crockett was uh, actually an Alabama gymnast and um, uh, very well known uh, in that sense. And Ashley um, Miles Grieg uh, and her are, are pretty good friends. Um, but she is now the volunteer assistant coach here for our program. So we're excited to have her on. And so as the staff of, of three that we have, um, 
we do a really good job with the shared responsibilities and just, you know, delegation and, and those types of things. Um, but I would say as far as personality, um, my personality, I would say I'm a very outgoing and just, um, you know, someone who's going to talk with their hands and is, you know, uh, loud and just passion, very passionate. Um, Brittany's uh personality is also very similar to mine. Um, but in a sense, she's a little more reserved in, in some areas. Um, but our, our personalities as a, a team of two works really well together um, for us, but also for our athletes. Yeah. Um, as far as organizational skills um, for the two of us, um, I would say we're both very organized and, um, you know, that honestly helps out a lot. Um, but sometimes Brittany does have to like help me out, help me out a little bit. Sometimes I feel a little old and, you know, she'll help me with the, the, um, I guess the computer stuff. Um, and then Alexis, uh, she works with us two days a week, um, just because she travels a little further. Um, but she's also great for the girls and she brings a, you know, a level of gymnastics that, um, that I don't have. Um, mm -hmm. obviously we both did, did it in college, but, um, she has that elite experience just like Brittany does as well. Yeah. So, so we, yeah, we work well together and we also have a, a student manager and she's, she does great with our program as well. I love it. I love that. Yeah. I'm going to pause this really quick. I just have to yep. go get my daughter. She just woke up. So let me go grab her really quick <laughs> Absolutely. And go ahead. get her settled and then I'll be right back. So go I'm just going to pause it. It'll, it'll show that it's open. All right. Cool. All right. So, um, also what does your, um, dynamics of your team look like in regards to how many athletes do you have currently on your team? How many, the breakdown of your athletes, um, and what do you look for in a future prospect athlete that, that is of eligibility in regards to, um, their age, just because of the, the, the restriction on when, athletes can be recruited in gymnastics. Yeah. Um, so I would say that, you know, I have 21 student athletes. I got, I got a lot. Um, as far as the breakdown I have, so I have a transfer, a grad transfer. Um, I have a, so she's, yeah. So a grad transfer. And then I have someone who, uh, graduated early. So she's also a grad student. Um, I have a true senior and then I have, um, as far as my my junior class, I have eight juniors. Um, and then I have uh, five sophomores and five uh, freshmen. Um, I think that's twenty one. I think I, I always tell them like, oh my gosh, it's so it's it's so many of you guys. Um, yeah. it's a great thing to have, you know, as far as you know, being able to to have some backup as well. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, recruits are concerned. Um, I try to keep that just very general, just because, you know, recruits are every year we're going to be looking for something different. Um, right. but you know, obviously this is a high academic, uh, you know, high academic school. And so, you know, we're looking for the four O's and, you know, those who are top 10% of their class, um, William and Mary is a public, public Ivy. And so we first have to look at their academics to see if they're even, you know, eligible or, you know we're able to look at them. Yeah. No, so that's yeah, good. that's good. And what, like your practice times when during the day, do you guys typically practice? Yeah. So, um, we have pra our practice times vary from, uh, one 30 
they're like in, in between that 1.30 and 5 o'clock time frame. Um, on some of the days we have split practices because of class conflicts, um, which I am okay with. I, I always tell my, my athletes that, you know, we're not leaving here looking to be Olympians, but we are looking, you know, to have a career after school. Um, and so I tell them to take those classes, take the classes they need. No, no majors are off limits for me. Yeah. Um, and if we need to come in earlier, then we will do that. If we need to stay a little bit later, we will also do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. No, that's good. And what does your um, your practice facility look like? And do you guys yeah. have a facility on campus? Do you guys have to travel anywhere for yes. your practices? Yep. So we travel about a mile down the road. Um, we uh, work out at Williamsburg Gymnastics. Um, the owners are actually William and Mary alum, and um, the the husband was um, actually on the men's team um, here at William and Mary, and so they decided to build their own facility. And um, you know, we were very fortunate to to be able to work out in that gym. Um, it has everything we need. Everything goes into a pit. Um, you know, they have an extra space in the back. So it's, it's a pretty big facility. And, um, you know, it, we chose to, to go there to, to work out just because it had everything we needed. Um, so on days where, you know, we're all able to practice at the same time, we take William and Mary vans over. Um, and on other days we'll just carpool. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. And what does your competition facility look like and what does the attendance look like and what is the environment like when there's a William and Mary um, home competition? Yeah. So we practice or sorry, we uh, compete in Kaplan Arena, which is where volleyball competes, basketball competes. And so it's in our arena um, in Kaplan. And um, we actually are going through a, uh, over 60 plus, uh, uh, was it million dollar renovation right now? And so a lot of things are are brand new, like new locker rooms, all those types of things, uh, new visiting team locker rooms. Um, they've revamped the court. Um, you know, we're going to have glass all around for the student section. It, it's going to be really, really nice. And so um, they're still in the phase one of finishing things. Um, there are a total of three phases. Um, so we again, we compete in Kaplan Arena. As far as fan attendance, um, we don't fill up all the seats, but there is a section that goes all the way across that we fill up. Um, and even for our green and gold competition, oh my goodness, I think we get the most attendance during that time. Um, it's the last day of classes. People are still on campus. Um, you know, it's not spring break or anything. And so we get a ton of people. All yeah. the student athletes come to that. Um, faculty, staff members, like um, fraternities, sororities, dance teams, um, like there's so much involvement from the community that that's uh, on campus. We also have a, a beer garden for, you know, those who are age 21 and up. We have um, flat screen TVs on the stage um, so that for people who are, you know, of that of age to drink, you know, they can watch the meat from there. Um, so it's, it's really the environment is loud. People paint their um, bodies. They bring posters. We have little kids in the crowd where we, you know, high five them, you know, it's it's loud and I love it. Yeah. We have a brand new video board um, that was just um, completed in September. And so we have the capabilities to dim the lights, spotlights, smoke. Like it's just it's it's awesome. Love yeah. it. No, that's great. I, I think that's great energy. You know, yeah. um, I haven't been to a 
um, a competition or really watch as many of the Ivy leagues compete. But yeah. um, hearing about that, I think that's really cool. You know, being yeah. able to have uh, big energy, you know, yeah. um, in a smaller program or in a, in, in, in a, in a program that may not really know that. Right. So um, yeah, I think being able to com- compete in front of any crowd is, is huge, but having, like you said, an environment um, like that, I think really can set the tone and set the, um, tone of what the night's going to be. Right. And I yeah. think, um, that'll be pretty cool to experience personally one day. Yeah, we have. Um, so when people come to, um, you know, our meets, they're like, oh, and I'm talking about other NCAA teams. They go, oh, I didn't realize your facility was this nice. And mm. so, you know, we're trying to get more and more people to, to kind of, uh, to come to William and Mary, um, just to see it, you know? Yeah, yeah. no. And that's what makes me excited. I you know, to be able to take this podcast on the road so people can see it, you know, and put it out there and have it be a resource that people can go in and and tap into and be like, whoa, this is somewhere different, somewhere now I want to put on my list or somewhere I want to consider to be be a part of. Um, What are some final things that you have, or actually before that, yeah. Um, what is your guys' mascot and what is your guys' okay. war cry? And then what does your schedule look like in regards to competition? Yeah. So um, our mascot is a griffin. And so for those who may not know what a griffin is, it's a um, mythical creature and it is half eagle, half lion. Um, and so basically, you know, lion is very strong. Eagle has, you know, really, really good eyesight. Um, and so they, you know, basically represents strength and intelligence. Um, and so that's what the Griffin is. And then as far as a war cry, we don't have a really have one, but we just say, we say go tribe, um, you know, within the athletic department. Um, and then as far as the schedule is concerned. Um, so this year we only have one home meet, unfortunately, a um, little bit of scheduling conflicts um, here and there. And so, you know, just got to, do with what we have and we're going to make that home meet the best that we can. And, um, you know, we have green and gold as well. Like I mentioned, that's a really big, um, meet for us too. Um, but yeah, but we're going to be on the road a whole lot this year, a whole lot. Very cool. Is there yeah. any competition that your athletes get excited about, um, you know, competing either within your independent conference or just in general for this upcoming year? Yeah. So our very first meet is at Clemson. And so that'll be their very first meet as well. I believe I'm on their schedule. And so um, the girls are very excited to go there. I'm excited to go there. And then we turn right back around and we go to Fisk on that Monday. So we'll be competing on MLK day. Um, It'll be all the the black head uh, female coaches at that meet. And so it's going to be pretty big with the panel discussion and, you know, just, just different things they kind of have going, going on there. Um, And then, so the girls are excited about that. Um, and then, um, GECs are at Yale. And so my current athletes have never been there before. And so this will be their first time. So they're excited about that too. Very cool. No, I love it. I I love the, like you had mentioned the, um, competition at Fisk, you know, I think that'd be great. Um, hopefully that could be, um, something that people can tune into and, you know, um, I'll try to look out for that and kind of, um, promote it, you know, especially for just the community as we, as we had conversations about earlier. Um, do you have any final, you know, thoughts or final things that you want to kind of leave with the viewers, the listeners about yourself, about your program, about William and Mary and why they should consider coming to William and Mary? 
I mean, one of the things that, you know, we, we pride ourselves on is just, you know, being able to know your why as an athlete. And if you know your why, then when you walk into the gym every single day and with that in your head, you will be successful no matter what. And so, you know, when you find yourself in the dumps or, you know, or anything, just kind of go back to, okay, what is my why? Why am I doing gymnastics? Why am I here at William & Mary? You know, why did I choose to study whatever you're studying? And so when you can truly answer those questions um, for yourself, then you, you got it going on, okay? So, um, you know, and just remembering to smile and laugh at the, the little moments where maybe you mess up because you know what, you're only going to learn from it. And I hope that I can be, you know, I hope that I'm already being a good mentor to, to my athletes. And I hope that I, you know, I look forward to being a mentor to more athletes as they come to William & Mary. And so, you know, if you're looking for a school where it's, you know, high academic standards and, um, you know, also a, a program where you'll thrive and you will be welcomed and, you know, you'll enjoy life after and be able to come back to, then William & Mary and my program is for you. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Heated Conversations with William & Mary head coach saying it's super important to make sure that your academics are right. But also in that to change the stigma, sometimes within certain communities, you can only go to certain places based off of what you can achieve athletically. But knowing that you can do a lot also with your academics and what you have um, within your own mind and the excellence that you have and to go pursue places that you can really evolve. Being able to almost guarantee to have a job, I think is super important. So please reach out to Kelsey, reach out to the staff at William & Mary and check them out. I'm super excited for what they have going on and go tribe. See you guys on the next one. Remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. See you guys in the next episode.